Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad. It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and today I want to talk about willpower. A lot of us believe that we just need more willpower and then we'll be able to stay sober. And maybe you've even shamed yourself for not having enough willpower to control your drinking. In this episode, I want to define what willpower is because the definition is important for us to understand what it means to have willpower or not. You'll learn why willpower works for some people and doesn't work for others, what's going on in the brain for a person who struggles with instant gratification and three important factors that influence whether or not you can resist temptation. So let's dig in.
Most of the world thinks that willpower is the best way to improve our lives. The 2011 Stress in America survey found that 27% of participants said lack of willpower was the most significant barrier for them to change their life. I didn't know the exact definition of willpower until I started doing research for this episode, and I think most of us just see willpower as our ability to resist temptation. That's kind of true, but the definition of willpower is the ability to resist short-term temptations in order to meet long-term goals. Short-term is the key word here. It's not your ability to resist in general, but your ability to resist instant gratification choices while keeping future you in mind. And still, I'm not saying that willpower is the answer here. Willpower researchers believe that there are three components for achieving a goal. One, you need to be motivated to change and have a clear goal. Two, you have to monitor your behavior towards achieving your goal. And three, willpower. In psychology, willpower isn't just defined as resisting temptation. It's the ability to delay gratification and resist short-term temptation, the ability to control your impulses, the ability to think things through instead of behaving emotionally, and it's a limited resource which can be depleted. We have talked about instant gratification a lot on this podcast, and it's something that I believe is key to staying sober. We have to learn to consider future us. The most famous test of delayed gratification and self-control is the marshmallow test, where they give kids a marshmallow and tell them the researcher is going to leave the room for a bit, and if the child doesn't eat the marshmallow by the time they return, then they will get two marshmallows. So the kid is alone in a room with a marshmallow that they want to eat and they have to resist eating it knowing that if they do, then they'll get two when the researcher comes back. So there have been variations of this where the researcher promises that they will return if the child rings a bell and then in one group the researcher does and in another group the researcher doesn't. So they see how delayed gratification is impacted by a broken promise. As you probably expect, the kids in the Broken Promise group ate the marshmallow more often than the kids in the control group. So your life circumstances and how you interact with the people around you also influence your ability to resist instant gratification. The researcher who developed this test is Dr. Walter Michel, and the outcome from these experiments led him to propose a hot and cool system to explain why willpower succeeds and fails. The cool system is our cognitive abilities and our ability to think things through before acting, and our hot system is emotional and impulsive. The idea is that when willpower fails, it's because exposure to a hot stimulus overrides our cognitive system, which then results in impulsive and emotional behavior. Some people are more susceptible to hot stimuli too, and a good example of those would be your triggers. So even though sobriety is important to you, something might happen to make you go from zero to 100 and you drink without even really thinking. In episode 91, I talked about how even though sobriety is important to us, we still might drink. 
One reason for that is because the way that we value alcohol is always changing. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet, but these hot stimuli that I'm talking about significantly increase the value of alcohol. We know that alcohol is going to immediately fix our problem, and even though we might also be aware that it will make things worse, make us feel ashamed and disappointed, or impact our sobriety goals, we struggle to resist this temptation because our emotions are overriding our cognitive control system. What society tells us is that people with low self-control are weak-willed losers. But a study on the original marshmallow test kids 40 years later showed that there's more to it than that. The results of the test were basically the same 40 years later, meaning kids who could delay gratification and not eat the one marshmallow to get two later grew up to be adults who could delay gratification. In this updated experiment, researchers exposed the participants to temptation and then looked at their brains. They found that the people who had more self-control and could delay gratification also had more activity in their prefrontal cortex, and the people who had less self-control had more activity in the ventral striatum, which is a region that processes desires and rewards. So it's not so much that one group is strong and the other group is weak is that one group has a very active prefrontal cortex, allowing them to override emotions, triggers, and instant gratification temptations easier. The low self-control group had a very active reward center, which means to me that instant gratification rewards have more power in their minds, and it's harder for them to override that and consider future them. Another interesting study took a bunch of dieters, had them all watch a sad movie, and then gave them ice cream after, and observed how much ice cream they consumed. So one group watched the movie normally, and the other group was told to not be emotional while they watched the movie. Holding in tears and sadness is something that requires willpower. And as you probably can assume, the group who had to hide their feelings ate more ice cream after the movie. The reason that I'm telling you about this study, though, is because the conclusion is so important. The researchers concluded that emotions weren't influencing how much ice cream the subject ate because both groups felt sad from watching the same sad movie. Instead, They determined that willpower depletion was the culprit for why one group ate more ice cream because they were resisting their emotions during the entire movie and depleting their willpower. I would even go further than that and say that having to hide their feelings was probably also a contributing factor to how much ice cream they ate. There have been some studies on alcohol and willpower too. In a 2002 study, everyone was a social drinker and one group was put through a test where they had to exert self-control by suppressing their thoughts and the other group wasn't. Then both groups participated in what they thought was a taste test, but it was really just a test to see how much alcohol they drank. They were also told that they were going to be put through a driving test afterwards, so they were motivated to try to control their alcohol intake. The group who had their self-control depleted drank more alcohol than the other group, and there was no difference in frustration level or anything emotional that would trigger them to drink more. 
A 2006 study published in Psychology of Addictive Behaviors had 160 social drinkers sniff water or alcohol, and then they had them participate in two self-control tasks, which are squeezing a hand grip and then a self-stopping task where you have to stop yourself from doing something. They found that performance on the self-control tasks was worse after sniffing alcohol. So smelling alcohol and not drinking it depleted the self-control reserves of the social drinkers. So you can imagine what that would do for a problem drinker. So I don't want you to think about it as needing more willpower. I want you to think about moving from being an instant gratification, highly emotional, reactive person to being a person who can delay gratification, think things through, and be proactive. Because that's really what willpower means. Being able to think things through, consider future you, and not react based on emotions. Here are three factors that might influence your ability to delay gratification. Number one, your window of tolerance. If you're easily overwhelmed, then you're going to struggle to make choices that are better for future you because all of these choices are not the best option for in the moment you. If you listen to episode 102 with Beth Bowen, then you learned all about the window of tolerance and how alcohol shrinks it. And even though alcohol is a helpful coping tool in the short term, long term, it makes us more overwhelmed and less able to cope. If you have a very small window of tolerance, meaning that you get overwhelmed easily and feel like you need to do something immediately to fix your feelings, then you will have trouble delaying gratification. But just remember that this is a learning process. And just because you get sober doesn't mean things automatically improve. It takes time. And as your nervous system and brain heals from alcohol, you'll become more equipped to handle tough situations and feelings without needing to do something to make the feeling go away. If you're struggling with this, then a good episode to check out is episode 35, Emotional Sobriety. The second thing that can influence your ability to delay gratification is how much sober time you have. So this matters for two reasons. First, we need time to prove to ourselves that we can handle things without alcohol. Drinking destroys our self-esteem and that takes time to rebuild. And a main part of sobriety is proving to yourself that you don't need alcohol to cope, have fun, unwind after work, or to connect with others. The other reason that your sober time matters is because the first month of sobriety is a lot of physical improvements, and the second month is when the cognitive improvements start to begin. And I walked you through this timeline in episode 60. So by the end of your second month of sobriety, you should feel a burst of mental clarity. And for me, it was right around 60 days, and it felt like I was able to think clearly for the first time in years, like I had just woken up from a really long dream. If you have less than two months of sober time, then it will be harder for you to make the best choices. You're still building up your confidence in yourself and your mind is healing. It's hard to make the best choices when you're in a fog or you can't use all your cognitive power to think through your options. So this is the time to be kind to yourself and to get some support. You are not alone and you do not have to do this alone. 
I also have a quick start to sobriety guide that's free to download and I'll link it in the show notes. It's just basically a big brain dump of every resource and tip that I could think of. And the third thing that impacts your ability to delay gratification is if being sober is actually important to you. Often we beat ourselves up for drinking when we don't actually want to be sober. So I talked about this in depth in episode 91. Do you want to be sober or do you want to drink without the consequences? If being sober is a big priority for you, then you will work at it. If it's kind of a priority, or if you're just trying to do it because you know you should, then you're going to struggle to do what you have to to stay sober. There are a few stages of change that we all go through, and the one where many of us get stuck is when we want change, but we're apathetic about it and don't really do anything to get the change. So maybe you kind of want to be sober, but you have a lot of excuses about why you can't go to meetings or therapy and why those things won't work for you, or you have excuses about why it's too hard for you right now. So if that sounds familiar, then you're in this really tough to get out of like apathetic stage, but you can get out of it. So when people talk about white knuckling their way through sobriety, you may imagine someone who's really struggling but forcing themselves not to drink. And that's somewhat true, but there's another layer to it. People with more sober time can try to willpower their way through too, which involves not doing any of the work to find out why they drink, what their triggers are, and learn healthier ways to deal with triggers. We didn't start drinking a thousand drinks because we're emotionally mature and excellent at handling life. And a major part of sobriety is being willing to do this internal work. If you're not willing to do the work, then you are going to rely on willpower to maintain your sobriety. And that might work for you most of the time, but eventually an emotional trigger is going to get you unexpectedly and instantly bring you from zero to 100. And without understanding what triggered you and never learning any strategies for how to deal with triggers, it's going to be really hard to resist the urge to drink and to consider future you. So if you're struggling and beating yourself up for not having enough willpower, then just know that there are more layers to staying sober than resisting instant gratification alone. And you can do things to get support, like go to therapy to identify your triggers, go to support groups like AA or Smart Recovery, and take the time to really do the work and be kind to yourself. And that will help you with your ability to delay gratification too. So you don't just have to resist and avoid drinking for the rest of your life. If you like this podcast and it's been helpful for you, then I would really appreciate if you could go leave a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the podcast so much and it helps people who need this information be able to discover it easier. And I hope that you enjoyed the new song today. I felt like after two years of having this podcast, we needed a new song. And I will talk to you next week.
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.